0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen. And uh, happy 4th of July weekend because we know it's going to be on Tuesday. We know that everybody's out ready to go cook their burgers and hot dogs and blow stuff up in the name of freedom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Amen. Amen. We are starting uh, a new a series of meetings this, uh, this month, and uh, generally we would do God on film, but the Lord has directed us to focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I believe this is the true fireworks. This is the true power of the kingdom. And uh, so we're going to uh, take this time every service in July on Sundays and on Wednesdays as well and dedicate it to the teaching and the exhibiting and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, uh, Pastor Kevin and I will be doing the Sundays, trading off, and then we'll have wonderful Marvin Yoder with us. Now, how many have been with us when Marvin has been with us? Amen. And uh, Marvin will be with us on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday in July. He has a tremendous ministry on teaching and displaying uh, the Holy Spirit. And we want you to come and begin to interact with the Spirit of God. I don't want you just to simply spectate, but my desire is for you to participate in the flow of the Spirit to cause our body of believers to begin to unite and come together as one empowered by the Spirit of God and manifesting Him not only in the fruit of the Spirit, but also in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? And so that is our desire. That's our desire during this time is to get ready for what I believe is going to be a very powerful fall and the rest of the year. But we need to get ready. Amen? We need to get ready and be ready and prepared Uh, for what God has for the church in this next season. Amen. And so I encourage you uh, to participate in all of the services. I believe they'll be beneficial to you as well. Uh, We were recently had our church camps and uh, Pastor Kevin and I were honored to be able to speak to the senior high camp and to the junior high camp. And I can tell you that there is a hunger and a thirst for the real experience of God as our young people began to cry out and begin to begin to want more of the manifestation of God in their personal lives. And it was really touching to see them reach out the way that they reached out and cried out to God for more of Him. Amen? And thank God we've received His fullness, and they've received His fullness But, you know, it's just like this. You can have a river, and all of us do. If we're born again here, we've got the river of God living on the inside of us. Amen? But, you know, you can have a river on your property, and you can be at its banks. But you know what? You determine how far you step in. You determine how deep you want to go. And, uh, you know, it's not that they're asking for more of God because they've got the full sum and measure of God. It's that they want to experience more of God by taking their will and subjecting their flesh to draw deeper into the things of God. The Bible says that deep cries out to what? To deep. And so I believe in this season we're seeing a call of God to venture deeper and to be enveloped in his presence, and in his power to where there is an increased awareness of who he is and what he has for us in our daily lives. Amen? And so we're going to be turning to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and um, verse, let's see here. Well, Let's see here. I don't have a black one here. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> I love technology. All right, all right. Now, notice this in Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 14. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So here we see the triunity of God displayed in this Scripture. And many times the Apostle Paul would do this as well. If you'll turn real quickly over to the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2, you'll begin to see how he uses this wordplay to begin to show us um, that the triunity of God throughout the Scriptures. So in verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2, it says, So if there be any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit so we begin to see that he is showing us the three aspects of god and what i want you to see through the scripture here is that when it comes to the grace of god we're learning about the grace of god amen and uh, you know what that we come many of us came from legal legalist situations, legalistic Christianity, things of that nature. And when the grace of God really became a revelation to our lives, it opened us up to things that we never thought possible, amen? And you know what? We've been schooled in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and there's bountiful teachings on the grace of God, amen? And then he goes on and says, and the love of God, and how many have ever heard a lesson on the love of God, Amen? The love of God is valuable and important. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we're to walk in love with one another. Amen? We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we understand that the grace is tied to the Lord Jesus Christ. The love is tied to the Father. Amen? But then we go on and we do something that I don't believe many believers have a revelation of. And it is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that is so vital and important for us. Because many of us have experienced the grace of God. We've experienced the love of God. But we have not experienced the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the word fellowship is a Greek word koania, in the Greek. And it means intimacy, it means partnership, and it means responsibility. So we see that what the Apostle Paul is telling the church and what he's telling us today is that we need to factor not just in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, not just in the love of God, but we have to be people who understand the intimacy, understand the partnership. And understand the responsibility of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. You know many people they've experienced grace. They've experienced love. But they have not experienced intimacy with the Spirit of God. There were many years in my, my life. Even in ministry. In which I could not say. That I had experienced the koania of the Holy Spirit. And there are many believers that understand this intimacy based solely upon the word, but have no experiential, uh, you know, experience with the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to develop the intimacy. They don't know how to develop the partnership. They don't know how and understand their responsibility and the responsibility that the Spirit of God has for us. So what I want to do here today is I want to instruct and to teach the things that Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit, to kind of set a foundation for the rest of this month. Is that all right? Praise God. Because God wants to do some incredible things in your life today. He wants to do some incredible things throughout your life. And he wants to draw you closer and more intimate with him. Amen? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. So let's turn to John the 14th chapter. John the 14th chapter. Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen? Praise the Lord. Can we lift our hands and give God praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. I sense the Spirit of the Lord here. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just had, you know, is Alice and Justin here? Alice and Justin Right here, okay. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me yesterday about you. And uh, he said uh, that you have been through the fiery furnace and the trial that you went through by, with, your, with your child. Praise God is doing a work in you even now. And that the, the things that you learned in the midst of the crucible... Are the things you need to apply to the biggest dreams of your life? And I sense that there's something that you guys are believing for and are wanting and desiring, but you haven't seen much movement in that area. But the Lord wants to tell you that what you used in that hospital is what you use to get to where you want to go. Amen. So basically, what the enemy meant for bad, God is going to turn for your good. Amen? Do you believe that? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. I just sensed this. This is, this is for some people in this house today. Just sensed this by the Spirit of God. Many want promotion. Promotion with pump. And circumstance. But know that promotion in this life, because this world is opposed to my will, saith the Lord. Promotions will come through crisis. They will come through pressure. So don't resist my work in your life. Know this that what the enemy has set up and the obstacles and the barriers that he constructs to try to keep you from getting to where you go will only serve as stepping stones, saith the Lord, Hallelujah. to go to a higher level than I have for you in my son, saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have you found John 14 yet? Hallelujah. John the 14th chapter. Amen. I want to read uh, John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you how long? Forever. In fact, the word forever means to the end of the age. So we, we understand that. Notice that he says, and I will, if you love me and you keep my commandments, I will pray to the Father and he will send you another helper. Okay, another helper. So who was their helper at that time? Okay, we're a little slow here. Who was that helper Who was the helper at that time? Jesus. Jesus was the helper at that time. When they needed something, they came to Jesus. They said, they don't have any bread. They came to Jesus. How are we going to get across this lake? They came to Jesus. Everything that they needed came through the ministry of Jesus. But notice that Jesus is instructing the disciples in this transitional period, getting ready to go to the cross and go into his passion. And he says, listen, if you keep my commandments, that means if you keep my words, he said, I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. Everybody say another. Now, in the Greek, there is different words for another. The Greek language is very specific. And it is not the usual Greek word, heteros. Heteros means the same, but of a different kind, just like male and female. They're the same. They're both human, but they're of a different kind, male and female. That is not the word that is used here. So what Jesus is telling his disciples, he is saying that I'm going to send you another Alos in the Greek, A-L-L-O-S, another of the very same kind and quality. So that means this, that the Holy Spirit isn't the bench player of the body. He is not the bench player of the triunity of God. He is exactly the same as Jesus Christ is and the Father God. So he tells us very simply... That I'm not going to give you a replacement player that is deficient or lower in standard than what you've experienced in my ministry and what I've done for you. But I'm going to send you one of the very same type, of the very same kind, with the very same power, with the very same anointing, with the very same works. Praise God. And that's the reason why we have to develop our intimacy with the Lord, our intimacy with the Spirit of God. That's the reason why. It's because that power, that ability that Jesus operated in, he is now transferred to the church by the virtue of the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, we've got it in our mind that we are operating in a subpar power come on, come on. Come on, than what Jesus operated in. That somehow it's deficient. Somehow it wasn't. Because we say it all the time. Jesus, if you were just here. Oh, if I could just walk in the days of Jesus. You don't want to walk in the days of Jesus. You want to walk in the days of the here and now. Because what we have. Come on now. Even Jesus said this. Even And we'll prove it to you. Even Jesus said this. The day in which you and I live in. Is better than the day that Jesus walked the earth. Oh, that's how it gets. Religious people get nuts with that. They get nuts. But Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. What does the word expedient mean? It's to your advantage. Because if I don't go away, I can't send the comforter. He says, I've got to go away, and it's better for you. Now, they're thinking Jesus is their whole life. Jesus is everything. They've walked with this man for three and a half years. I mean, he has been their sum and substance. He's been their answer man. He's been the one that has awakened something on the inside of them. They need him. They want him around. In fact, they want him around so good that, that Peter rebukes him when he says he's going to have his life taken. Come on now. When he's going to be crucified. He said, he said, far be it from you, Lord. And even took swords To protect the master. Amen. And he's telling them it's better. It's better. And that's something that we need to tell ourselves. Because we're pining away always for the old days. We're always wondering, you know, and thinking about the old revivals and the old things and the things that God did in the Old Testament when we need to realize that God has given us the full sum and substance of the Holy Spirit in our lives to operate and act in the same manner as the Son of God. It says, but those that believed on him, he gave them authority to become the sons of God. We are able to operate in the same anointing. Yes, he had it without measure. We've got it in a measure, but praise God, when my measure gets with your measure and your measure gets with her measure, praise God, we complete the full body of Christ. And what God wants to do in our midst here today, in our midst here this month, in our midst here until he comes is he wants the body coming together and he wants to fill that body with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to such a degree that it will cause people from the north, the south, the east, and the west to come and see the exalted Christ. Another. Not another of a different kind. Not a generic. I always hated when my parents brought generic food. How many remember Safeway? They'd buy that Scotch-Buy stuff. How many remember that Scotch-Buy? One time, my mom and dad were so poor, they had to buy Scotch-Buy cigarettes. I said, you went down to a whole new low. I was was about 12 years old. I said, you went down to a whole new low. I said, you can't even buy name-grand. You've got to buy generic cigarettes. Now, that's a sad state of affairs. I want Del Monte, I want the Green Giant, I want stuff like that. Well, I'm telling you what, we've got Green Giant. We've got Primo. The same as what Jesus operated in and walked in. The same. Now, I'm hitting this for a point. Because this is a major roadblock in people's lives. Because we always are running to this meeting, to this man, to this woman. And I'm not saying that there are not special anointings that are on people's lives. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm telling you, you've got a well of salvation on the inside of you. You've got rivers of living water on the inside of you. The power of God is in operation. The full sum and substance of God is on the inside of you. Come on now. One of the very same kind and quality. Amen. Now that word helper is a very interesting word. We've probably, you know, don't shut off on me now. Because people say, well, you know, I've heard this before. Well, that shows you haven't heard it. See, when you've truly heard something, your appetite for it increases. It doesn't diminish. Amen. And so it, it, it's, it's a compound word paracaleo, para kaleo. Actually, they put it together and they say paraclete," okay? A compound word paraclete. And para comes from the word parasite. And how many of you have ever had a parasite? What does a parasite do? It joins with you. It becomes one with you and begins to feed upon the same source. Amen. Para called alongside is what the Greek says. Called alongside. Kaleo means to call. One who was called alongside to help. Para kaleo one who was called alongside to assist. It also means in fact you can study this out In the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah, and we'll turn there in just a moment here. I don't have it on this, but we'll look at the sevenfold aspect of the Spirit of God. Now, this word parakaleo encompasses the sevenfold aspects of the Spirit of God. We see the word helper used here today. Notice he's not the doer. There's people that will say, well, you know, if God wants to do something, he'll just do it. No, he's given you the helper. See, you have to step in. You have to step out. You have to step across, and he'll help you when you begin to take the word of God and you begin to bring it forth, hallelujah, from a heart of faith and release it into the world. You begin to step into, and he begins to help and confirm that word with the signs following. Amen? But he is not the doer. In fact, it's going to cost you up front. Anything you want from God is going to cost you some action on the front end. If you want breakthrough in your finances, it's going to cause you to have to give when you don't want to give. When you need breakthrough in your health, it means you're going to have to step out and do some things you don't want to do. When you step out in relationship and you want to gain dominion in a relationship to where, you know, what the devil has wreaked havoc upon, you're going to have to humble yourself. You're going <clears throat> You're going to have to step forward. Come on now. And God will meet you because he's a helper. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then as we look at it, the word paraclete means comforter. In fact, in the King James, it's translated as comforter. How many realize that, you know, in life, you can go through tests and trial in your life and you can get comfort from no physical person whatsoever. I mean, nobody can give you anything, nobody can do anything for you that can assuage the, the, the momentous emotion of loss of, of, of anything that you might be going through in that time. But I'm here to tell you that we don't get it from a physical source, We get it from a spiritual source, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He is called the God of all comfort. So that means he comes and he soothes our soul in times of great pain and distress. David, who wasn't even born again, understood this concept of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. When he was harassed in his mind, he would speak to himself, and that's what we need to start doing. Amen? Amen. We need to stop letting the enemy and our circumstances speak to us, and we need to start speaking to them. Amen? And I've taught you this before, but in Psalm 103, where it says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That wasn't, that wasn't spoken like you and I think it was. We think it's, Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. We want to sing that, see? That's not the way it was. David was taking control of his thought life. And it would be more appropriate for him to say it this way. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He's taking his circumstances and himself by the nape of the neck. And he's saying, you can't focus on the problem. You can't focus on the criticism. You can't focus on what the enemy is trying to do. You've got to align your mind with the Holy Spirit and begin to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. and that comfort comes as we begin to not forget all of his benefits amen when we begin to when we begin to, uh, to begin to speak about all of his benefits it brings comfort into our lives praise god hallelujah see sometimes we, the holy spirit is there now notice it also says that the holy spirit if we want to go by this word Paraclete. It's also translated as standby. Standby. Notice that's the posture of the Holy Spirit. The posture of the Holy Spirit is not, now, now don't get this wrong because he's always working, but he's not in an active place in our lives all the time. He's a standby. Okay? He's ready. To, oh, you're not getting this. He's ready. He's at the ready to act on your behalf. But notice what it says in, in, in Genesis chapter 1. You see, it talks about Genesis chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. It says that the Spirit of God hovered over the darkness, the face of the waters, the face of the deep. And God said, notice that. So the word hover there means to light like a bird. It means to just be like ready to go. And the Holy Spirit is constantly right there in our lives. But I, I, I submit to you that we're not activating him. Because how we activate him is through the breath And the words of our mouth. Come on now. So he's a standby. And so you can be going through some of the hardest pressures in your life. You can even be crying out to God and feeling sorry for yourself. You can call everybody on your prayer line and put every multiple post on social media about your situation. And the Holy Spirit is still lighting upon your mess. He's still hovering over your mess. He's still hovering over your situation. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's there, but he's on standby. Oh, get a hold of this. He's on standby. It's only because the Word and Spirit work together, it's only when we release the Word that the Holy Spirit has the, the, uh, the ability to operate in our lives when we speak Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 over our lives. By His stripes, I am healed. Praise God, the Holy Spirit goes into immediate action to bring forth what the Word of God has just declared. Amen? The Holy Spirit doesn't Operate in your word. There is a... uh, There are dual companions, the word and the spirit. Amen? And in fact, if you look at uh, Psalm 33, 6, it says that God created the heavens and the host of them with the breath of his mouth. And the word breath is ruach in the Greek, which is the term for the Holy Spirit. So it shows you that the Holy Spirit is as if God's breathed words are released into our lives. And in fact, one of the I, one of the top things that determines whether or not we are a person or not is our ability to speak, our ability to communicate. And it takes breath for me to bring this word forth to you. And that breath is a symbol of my life. So when God speaks, his life comes out from his words and praise God the Holy Spirit begins to operate and work that in your life. Remember, Jesus said that. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. Are you with me here? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He said, I send you another comforter, another helper, another comforter, another intercessor. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor for us. And when we don't know how to pray for the things that we're facing the Holy Spirit will begin to give us utterance and unction in an unknown tongue and pray the perfect will of God for our situation. Amen? Praise God. You are hooked up to a lifeline. You are hooked up. I'm here to tell you there's been multiple times over this past couple of weeks that I've had to talk with people that are not praying in the Spirit like they should. Mm. And they're wondering why they're not built up and edified and ready to face the situation. The Bible says, he that prays in an unknown tongue, his spirit prayeth. The actual uh, Greek says, and the Amplified bears this out, his spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. And so the Holy Spirit comes to intercede for us. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what next month brings. But God has declared the end from the beginning. All my days are written in a book. The only way I'm going to be able to walk in the chapters that are already written for me is to pray it out by the Spirit of God. Come on now. Hallelujah. I'm walking in prayers that were prayed in the Spirit years ago. I'm walking in. Hello, come on now. Come on. I'm telling you, When, when we, uh, I used to pace this floor. I still do. I pace this floor and pray in the Spirit for hours. And I'm telling you, we are walking in what was prayed out. It has nothing to do with me. All I'm doing is setting myself and saying, Lord, give me unction and utterance to release your breath. To release your breath into this atmosphere so that we can begin to see the dynamic works of God in our lives. Amen? Are you with me today? Hallelujah. He's an intercessor. He's a standby. Notice also, it means, paraclete means strengthener. He is a strengthener. Strength comes by the Spirit of God. If you are deficient in strength here today, praise God, tap in to the river of life that's on the inside of you. Tap into the life source that's on the inside of you. I pray this prayer continuously out of the third chapter of the book of Ephesians. He says, I pray that he will strengthen me with all his might in my spirit, pray, by his spirit in my inner man. Praise God, strength comes by the spirit of God. And praise God, the Lord is the strength of my life and my portion forever. The psalmist said, "O oh Lord, my strength. Where does that strength come from? It comes from the Spirit of God. If you are born again here today, you are not a normal person. You're not just any kind of man or any kind of woman. You are a God-filled person. You have the power of God on the inside of you. Praise God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead Dwells on the inside of you. Strengthens you. Hallelujah. He's our advocate. You know, the adversary can put up a pretty strong argument about why God shouldn't work in your life. And he can even convince you that that's the case. He can begin to tell you, you can't get that. You can't get healed because of this. Your family history your fruity family tree with all the fruits and nuts, all your past history, all your junk. Hello, he's dealing with them grave clothes. He's dealing with that past junk. He's pointing to it, and he's building a case, and all of a sudden you're so condemned that you can't reach out and take what Jesus has already given to you. But praise God, the Holy Ghost is an advocate. And what does an advocate do? He is a legal counsel that comes in and says, no, 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 no. Don't you remember the blood of Jesus? Don't you remember the cross of Christ? Don't you remember? Come on now. Hallelujah. He begins to bring things into your remembrance. I'm telling you, I was walking here just the other day. And the Lord and the enemy was coming in and reminded me of what I went through. You know, he'll take a a crisis in your life, and he'll just rerun that thing over and over again. And he keeps telling it's going to happen again. The shoe's going to drop again. You're going to find yourself in the same situation. It's not over. And all of a sudden, on the inside of me, welled up a word that, come on now. Welled up a word that I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. Every word that I began to meditate on and confess out of my mouth began to come up out of the well of my salvation. It brought me comfort. It brought me strength. It brought all the things that the paraclete is supposed to bring. Praise God. He was standing by and at the ready. But here's where people miss it. When those words begin to well up on the inside of you, sometimes we just think those words and we go on our day. But what he's asking us to do and what he's telling us to do is to take what's rising up out of your belly and begin to release it out of your mouth. I remember one time I was driving the car and I was listening to Brother Hagan. And he was talking about, you know, faith and things of that nature. And and I was getting so excited and jazzed. How many ever got jazzed? I mean, I was getting really, really excited about what I was hearing because I was hearing it. See, you can have things go over your eardrums and not hear it. But I was hearing it in the core of my being. It was coming alive in me. It was as if there were fireworks going on the inside of me. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm buzzed, you know, by the by the power of God. I'm getting buzzed by the power of God. And I pulled up to my house and, of course, I live right by the camp. And uh, and all of a sudden I just felt unction to get up and to run to the camp. I ran to the camp. And there's a... a, a, a Picnic table, it's it's a concrete picnic table is there. It's where I met the Lord every morning, you know, when I first, uh, around uh, 2016, 2017, I'd go meet meet him. And the Lord said, okay, he said, you've got the energy of faith operating in you. Listen to this. You've got the energy of faith that's on the inside of you. The power's there. It's energizing, it's working. He says, now release that. That's where a lot of people miss it. They don't release it. They don't release it. So he told me, get up on top of that table. And I looked over the lake. The lake is right over here. And I began to proclaim. "Mm, I'm telling you, that is the key. Because the Holy Spirit right now is fluttering over your mess. He's fluttering over your sickness. He's fluttering over your marriage problems. He's fluttering over. It's ready. We got to enable him by giving him the material that he needs to work with so that he, it's not that he can't do anything. He can do anything and everything, but he has relegated himself to the word of God. Even angels do not operate. According to Psalm 103, they don't operate in regards to our words. You're not going to cry an angel to get him to do something for you. You're not going to beg an angel, and you're not going to beg God. God's not into begging. The just shall live by faith. Come on now. And I began to declare that and that energy, praise God, was released. And praise the Lord, good things began to change in my life. And they'll change for you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Are you getting anything out of this? Amen. Just in the few moments that we have, let's look at this scripture again. It says, and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another comforter to be with you forever. Now, notice he's going to tell you who it is. Even the spirit of truth. Now, that's very important because this is the same word that he uses when he begins to talk to his disciples in preceding verses. He says, I'm going away, and the way that you know, You know, and they say, well, we don't know the way. How are you saying that we know the way? And he says, I am the way. And then he goes on and says, I am the truth. And I am the life. And that word truth means reality. So what we're presently in, guys, I hate to tell you, is not reality. What we're operating in is not reality. We don't even know how to truly be human apart from Jesus Christ. Because we've been fooled and duped into a system that has caused us to act in certain ways that are contrary to the way we were created. Amen? But Jesus comes on the scene and he comes as the last Adam. That means he's as the original man that walked the earth. And he's exhibiting what humankind was supposed to be like and offering the transformation by the Spirit of God to come back into a form that was originally intended for man. Amen? To be united with God. And so he says, I am the reality. So he is the reality. That means the works that he did are reality. See, we have a problem thinking that healing is just some kind of fairy tale, or that things of God or the miracles of God are just stories. But he is telling us that the miraculous is reality. That God doing his thing in our lives, bringing transformation, help in time of need, is actually the reality. He says, I am the reality. But then he goes on and says, even the spirit of reality. Oh, you're making me work too hard. <laughs> even the spirit of reality. Amen. Praise God. Notice he says, whom the world cannot receive. Why can they, can they not receive it? Because they're not in reality. They're in a fairy tale world. Their, their mind has been darkened and blinded by the God of this world. He says, they cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Okay, that's a big question. Because they're saying, we know him. We know him. He says, for he dwells with you. How does he dwell with them? Through Jesus Christ. But then he takes it another step further. And he says, and will be in you. Come on now. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. I don't, I don't think they got it over there. Do you, do you think they got it over there? I'll talk to these people over here. Emmanuel is God with us. And oh, what a wonderful time that was. Blind eyes open. Lepers cleansed. Dead raised. But Jesus brought something better. It's not God with us, but it's God in us. Hello. Amen. It's a totally new day. But majority of believers still operate as God with us. Because majority of time, it's if I could just get God to hear me. If I could just go to a service. If I could just go to a man or a woman. It's as if you need an intercessor. Other than the intercessor. Come on now. You are a powerhouse. You are filled with the power of almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. He shall be in you. Let's look at the next verse. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Now, this is a powerful, powerful statement. Because being an orphan means that you have no father. It means that you are unprotected and unprovided for. And he's telling his disciples, as he is about to go into his passion, as he is about to leave them for a season, and he says, I will not leave you orphans. Now, he could have said that a different way. He could have said, you know what, I'm not going to leave you forever. He could have said that. But no, he uses this word, orphan. And there's something that I believe is plaguing the body of Christ is the spirit of the orphan. And the reason why the spirit of the orphan is so predominant in the body of Christ is because we have not cultivated the koanea of the spirit. See, we don't understand that how God is going to love on us, how God is going to speak to us, how God is going to guide us is not going to be with superficial, you see, outside sources. It's going to be from within our connection by the Holy Spirit through our spirit. Amen? And that we need to stop looking for goosebumps and looking for feelings and understand that the word of God coupled with the spirit of God on the inside of us will lead and guide us into all truth and we don't need, come on you you might not know everything but I'm here to tell you you'll never be in the dark with the Holy Spirit because the light of life is on the inside of you amen Do you believe this stuff? Oh, my goodness. I had an orphan heart for years. I could not understand the fatherhood of God because of situations I had in my personal life in regards to my father's. I had real hiccups, if you know what I'm saying, real roadblocks to understanding intimacy. Intimacy was hard for me and still is. And when I talk about cultivating the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, God had to bring me to a place in which I was totally broken down. And he had to show me the true crux of walking the Christian life. And he shared something with me that my masculinity had problems with. He said this, If you're going to walk with me in true intimacy... It says we need to walk together in a lifelong love affair. Mm. Now, being masculine, it's like, okay, all right, you know. Because, hey, I'm not mushy. I'm sentimental, but I'm not mushy. I'm sentimental, but I'm not mushy. And so this was difficult for me. He says, I want you to walk with me. I want you to talk with me. And that's very difficult for for a masculine man to do. I want you to sing songs to me. (laughs) I want you to dance for me. I want you to raise your hands to me. I want you to bow your knees to me. See, those are all vital and important to the intimacy of the Spirit. See, what we need to understand, and most people, you know, during praise and worship, and I'm not, listen, I'm not Mr., you know, you know, I'm not Mr. Dance and Mr. Mood. I'm a rhythmless dancer. Okay? But he taught me... Now, I'm not, not corporately, you know, do what you want. But when you're by yourself, when you're with the Lord, your get a hold of this principle, guys. Your physical posture has more to do with the intimacy of the spirit than you could ever realize. Would your wife, if you're out with her shopping or doing something that she likes, and you're standing there like this, is this going to be pleasing to her? Come on now. No, it's not. Hello. You know, it's just like that one movie. I think it's white men can't jump, you know. She says, I want a glass of water. And so he goes and gets her a glass of water, and she slaps it out of his hand. And he says, you wanted a glass of water. She says, I didn't want a glass of water. I wanted you to feel my thirst. (laughs) And that, come on now. Your posture has everything to do. And so there is a working of spirit, soul, and body that come in. See, people say, I got joy, 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 down, 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 in my down, so down. No, there, there, there's an exhibit. And sometimes you can find yourself in the midst of trouble and pain, and you get so overwhelmed, and, and all of a sudden you'll just feel this thing to shout or to raise your hands or to praise or to dance Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? This is a love affair with the Lord. See, the majority of time, it's not deliverance from the devil and deliverance from your problems. It's deliverance from you. And your physical posture has everything to do with releasing that well on the inside of you. So if we're like this and we're mad and we're huffing and puffing and we're, you know, is that well going to be released? No. But if we do the exact opposite of what the enemy wants us to do, See, when the enemy hits you the hardest he can in your gut, and you just lift your hands and praise the Lord, that totally turns the, turns the tables on him. Amen? Hallelujah. We don't have to be an orphan. We've got a Father. And we've got the Spirit of our Father that causes us to cry, Abba, Father. Come on now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's look at the next verse. Amen. He says, yet yet a little while and the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Now, many times you just cross over these scriptures and you don't really look at them. He's saying, listen, the world's not going to see me anymore, but you're going to see me. You're going to see me. he says, because I live, you'll live. Come on now. Now, what is he talking about? Existence? He's not talking about existence. We already exist. He's talking about life as God has it. Zoe life. He says, if I live, you're going to live. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Then he says, in that day you will know... That I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So what does the Holy Spirit come to do? He unites us with the Father and the Son. To where we become one Spirit with Him. When you are born of God, He places you. In the body of Christ as it pleases Him. You are one with Him. When you walk in, the demons know this is a part of the body of Christ. And when they see you, they see the Father and they see the Son. Oh, come on now. Come on. He says after this all transpires, in that day, the day that came on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down, he says, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God we are so immersed in him. That's the word baptism. We're baptized into one body. We're baptized by the spirit of God. That means we're so immersed in him that we don't know where we stop and where he begins. Because we are one with him. First Corinthians chapter 6 tells us that we are joined with him and are one spirit with him. Praise God. That, that's, that's worth a shout of praise. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And notice this. And I will manifest myself. See, what do we want him? See, we need to stop being in a visitation mindset. I just got to get to church because, you know, at church, everything just changes. My li- life gets aligned. Or I've just got to get to this meeting. Or I just wish so-and-so would travel closer here and get here. And we're always looking for an event. See, we've got to get out of this mindset of orphans waiting on a visitation. Come on now. Because he's not talking about visitation there. He's talking about habitation. Habitation. Walking in the reality of habitation. God inhabits me. Amen? Amen? And he says, and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. That means that I will display. It means to intensely shine like the sun. Come on now. It means that he will begin to show himself to me. He'll begin to reveal himself to me. I'll begin to see aspects of him. He'll begin to manifest himself. He will exhibit his divine life through my life. Amen. I will see things that no one else sees because the world can't receive it. Yes. Yes. But I can yes. because he's in me. Yes. Oh, come on now. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Notice this. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? And not to the world. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me. Notice that. He said, Greg, if you want the intimacy of the Spirit, he said it needs to be a lifelong love affair. Notice that. If if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Now notice that. To show the proper love is to keep the word of the Lord. See, the manifest, he is tying manifestation and habitation to the Word. Amen? He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my Word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home. You are God's address in the earth. It's not visitation. Oh, if I could just get a visitation. I thirst after you. Well, the Bible says you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. I hunger for you. It says he that eats this bread will never never hunger again. Do you understand what I'm saying? What you're mistaken is, is you're mistaken thirst and hunger for zeal. Because you're already filled. And you've already got... All the water you need. And you've already got all the bread you need to sustain your life because you've received Jesus Christ. Notice this. What you need to get an awareness of is that God has made his home in you. And when you realize that God has made his home in you, then you realize that everything you need is in the house. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, whoever does not love me does not keep my word. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Notice this, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Now he begins to give you the title. He called him the Spirit of Truth. Now he calls him the Holy Spirit. He says, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we see that one of the main aspects of the Holy Spirit is that he will teach us and bring to remembrance all that we have learned from the Word of God. And that's what happens. That's that unction from the Holy One. It begins to rise up when you face pressure in situations in your life. All of a sudden, what You have put within, the Holy Spirit begins to bring up. Amen? And if you ain't putting anything in, all you're going to do is be cussing. Hello? Amen? Cussing and cursing. No, but when you put it in, when you get that word in, praise God, you're just like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Boom, and you just giggle. Because what's in you is greater than what's hitting you. Amen? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to John 15. It says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of reality, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He goes on and says that the Holy Spirit will not bear witness of himself. He will bear witness about me, and he will cause you to bear witness about me. So there is one thing is that we will have a witness on the inside about the, the truth that is in Jesus, but we'll also be able to display that truth by bearing witness. So there is basically a, a, a knowing on the inside, but then an ability to display that knowledge, not just knowledge like, well, I know God is good. No, you can show that God is good. You can say that the gospel is true intellectually and through your words, or you can give your words and also display it through the laying on of hands, through the casting out of devils, through the raising of the dead. Come on now. You actually are able to bear witness to what Christ has done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things uh, to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So he's saying, if I don't go away, this isn't going to happen. All of these wonderful promises that he displayed in the 14th and 15th chapter. In the 16th chapter, he says, if I don't go away, none of this is going to happen. He says, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Amen. Amen. And he says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And that word convict there is a word more uh, of convincing. It's a, it's, a, it's a conviction that comes to convince us of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. But it's all good news. Sin, because they don't know me. You see, righteousness, hello, and then judgment, because the God of this world, the prince of this world, has been judged. So he's basically saying the Holy Spirit's ministry is to convince us of our need, for a Savior, by convincing us of our sin, convincing us that we are in a situation that we need to be regenerated, then He gives us the revelation of righteousness in Christ Jesus, that we're not saved by our works, but we're saved by His works. And judgment that the enemy has been defeated. The Holy Spirit is here to convince you and to remind you and to convict you that he is under your feet. He is defeated and stripped. And he does not have authority over your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've run out of time. But understand this, that Jesus said these things to set his disciples up for the next phase of their ministry. And although that ministry has been passed down to you and I over generation, 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 it's always good to come back and to reacquaint ourselves and remind ourselves of who we are in Him. And who we have living on the inside. And my, my desire is for you to live spirit conscience. To understand that we are dwelling and abiding in the presence of God 24-7. And that he is everywhere in our lives. There's no dark cavern that he is not there. David said, though I make my bed in hell. And some of you, you put on the fitted sheet this morning. <clears throat> Hello. He says, thou art with Come on. Some of you have been to hell's kitchen and licked the pot clean. But God didn't leave you. God isn't there. God is there. Amen. I want to leave you with one other scripture. It's not in my uh, presentation here. But it's Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. I want to comfort your heart. This scripture has a way of bringing comfort, but also bringing the fear of God, and the fear of God's important. Amen? Amen. Verse 23, he says, am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? He says, I'm a God at hand. I'm not a God that is far away. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? He fills heaven and earth. God is always with us. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. These are the characteristics of God. He inhabits all dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. He desires to manifest himself to you. But people want alternative ways for him to manifest. They'll do it through religious exercises. They'll do it through acts of service. They'll do it through giving, but none of that is going to cause a manifestation. The way he begins to manifest is by cultivating and creating awareness of the presence of God continuously in you and through you every day of your life. You've got to become aware that God doesn't just visit you on Sunday and Wednesday. Every time I open this book, I'm looking into the face of Jesus and I'm communicating with him. Every time I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm connected immediately to the realm of God into to the kingdom of God and connected to the resources of God. Immediately, immediately, there is no disruption whatsoever in my communication with the Lord. I am one with him. I'm not trying to get him to come down. Yes. I'm not trying to get him to come up. Right. He's here. Right. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. And the more that I cultivate that awareness, the greater divine life, as Kevin has been teaching on right. Wednesdays, right. will begin to manifest and flourish in my life. No, that doesn't make me exempt from tests and trial and problems just means that I have an answer. I've got a source that the world doesn't have. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can we thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit? Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit desires to do two things in your life. He desires to regenerate you. Through the new birth. If you're not born again here today, you need to be born again. Regeneration means that he brings what is dead and trespasses and sins, he brings back to life. By residing inside of you and resurrecting you, bringing you back to newness of life. The second thing is that he wants to empower you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is subsequent to the inner working of the Holy Spirit... It is a working that empowers you for service and opens the door to the supernatural in your life. And if you're here today and you have never experienced those two things, make this day the day in which you receive this gift, these gifts from God. If you're not born again, you need to get born again. If you're born again and you're not filled with the Spirit, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to full package. Amen? Amen. Not just half a package, but the full package. Amen? So I want to have our ministers come up, and they're going to be here. And after we close the service, guys, you're welcome to come up here, and they will help, and they will assist you in receiving these gifts from God. Amen? Also, if you need deliverance, if you need healing in your body, if you need something from the Lord, you know, just to pray over a family situation, they're here as well to assist you. Amen. I'm looking forward to this series. You guys have a wonderful 4th of July, rest of the 4th of July week. Hello. Be sure and get your fireworks from Train Christian Academy. Amen. Get your fireworks there. That way we can enable young people to come to our school and pay for good quality teachers. Amen. Amen. And so we encourage you to do that. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed. Happy holiday.